You're listening to Standing in the Gap. Standing in the Gap is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exposition of scriptures. I'm your host and podcast preacher, Brandon Harrell. I'm the pastor of Bethesda Baptist Church in East Flat Rock, nestled here in the mountains of Western North Carolina, where I've served for the past 10 years. I pray the podcast will bless your life as we study God's Word together. This is Brandon Harrell and Standing in the Gap. We are in the little epistle of Jude and coming toward the end of this great study. Uh, Looking at this uh, epistle, we are studying what we're calling the apostasy of the last days. And that's really what Jude is dealing with. He has been telling us about the time that would immediately precede the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, That's laid out for us in the book of Revelation. But here he's been warning us of the times that other writers mentioned, the great falling away, uh, that time when many would depart from the faith. And Jude had apparently sat down to write about the common salvation. But uh, the Lord changed his heart. The Lord changed his direction. And now we have these 25 great verses of instruction and help. As we studied this apostasy, we've seen uh, in verses 1 through 4 the admonition that calls us to the fight. He said, I was going to write about that common salvation, but it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And he reminds us there of our requirement, of our responsibility to get involved in the warfare, to strive, to war after, and to war on the behalf of the faith, the doctrine, the creed, the body of belief that we hold as Christians to contend for that uh, in the last days, earnestly to do that with all of our strength and with all of our might. And then he begins in verse 5 down through 19 to express to us and describe to us some attributes that characterize the foe. And we saw several things about them in verses 5 and following. We saw some illustrations uh, of apostates. He mentioned the angels that fell. He mentioned the children of Israel in the wilderness when they murmured and turned their backs on God. He mentioned the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. He tells us of Korah and uh, he tells us of Balaam and he tells us of Cain and just reminds us of what the apostates are, what they believe, what they do. He told us and summed it up for us in verse 19 what their problem is. He said, These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. And we understand that true apostates are those who have never been born again. And then in verses 20 through 25, we've been studying the actions that cultivate faithfulness. There we noticed three primary uh, actions that will help us in the latter days that we're living in to cultivate faithfulness in our own lives, to make sure that we don't fall among those who apostatize and run the other direction and leave the faith once delivered unto the saints. The first thing we noticed was the edification of the saints. He tells us that it is a construction project, verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. He tells us that it involves supplication, praying in the Holy Ghost. Then he tells us in verse 21 that it involves anticipation. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We're to look for the Lord. 
John said, He that hath this hope in him uh, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. If we'll remain faithful in these days, we need to keep one eye on the clouds looking for the Lord to come and receive us unto himself. But then today, as we approach the latter portion, I'm sorry, we miss the evangelization of the straying in verses 22 and 23. But now as we approach the end of this book, we want to emphasize another aspect and another action that cultivates faithfulness. And that is the exaltation of the Savior. I think a big problem that we have in these latter days and a big reason so many have left the faith and left the church and so on and so forth is because we've been distracted and we've not kept the main thing the main thing. And instead, we've emphasized everything but that that ought to be emphasized. You say, what is it that ought to be emphasized? Well, it is the person and the work of Jesus Christ in the gospel. And in verses 24 and 25, Jude, in really what is an exhortation to give praise unto God, maybe inadvertently gives us another action that cultivates faithfulness, and that is to keep our eyes on the Savior and to look to Him, to magnify Him and exalt Him, and that will help us to remain faithful in these days. If we get sidetracked with everything going on in this world, it'll be real easy to forget what we're here for and what this is supposed to be about. And we're to keep our eyes on the Lord, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And uh, this world doesn't need to hear conspiracy theories. They don't need to hear where you stand on this or that particular political issue. What they need is to hear about the love of Jesus Christ, who would leave heaven, come to earth, and die in the stead of sinners. So the exaltation of the Savior. Let's look at these two verses together. Now, first of all, as we think about this exaltation, I would point out the ability of our Savior. He says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. As we think about our Savior, there is mentioned here, first of all, the falling that he prevents. He is able to keep you from falling. Uh, Notice the master of this prevention. It is now unto him, unto him that is able to keep you from falling. It's not referencing the preacher not referencing the Sunday school teacher, not referencing a spouse. It's referencing the Lord and the only one who can keep us from falling, who can keep us from straying, who can keep us from apostatizing is the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 12, the scripture says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Understand today that if we make it, we'll make it because of him. He is the one who is able to keep us from falling. We are to look to the Lord. We are to rely upon the Lord, trust in the Lord, have confidence in him alone if we are to make it through this life and into the glory world, depending upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the master of this prevention, then the means of it. He is able to keep you from falling. How does he do this? Really, a few ways could be mentioned. First of all, he keeps us from falling by his presence. The indwelling Spirit of God given to us upon our salvation 
is given to us to help us, to keep us, to maintain us in this Christian life. It's really all part of the new covenant. That was the covenant that the Lord made with the house of Israel and house of Judah. And he said, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. And it is the Spirit of God that enables us. It is through his presence in our lives that we are able to walk according to the dictates of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Romans 8, verses 8 to 11, we read, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. And the Lord Jesus, in giving us his Spirit, has enabled us to keep us uh, from falling. Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14 tell us that the Holy Spirit of promise is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. In other words, he has given us the Spirit of God as a token and a down payment, if you will, that ensures that he intends and will bring us into his presence. That's why we're told in Ephesians 5.18 to be filled with the Spirit. In Galatians 5.16 we read, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So by his presence he keeps us. But then by his power he is able to keep you, our verse says. He's able to keep you. We are kept by the power of God. He is able, despite everything hell can throw, despite everything the flesh can throw, despite everything this world can throw at us, God is able to keep us from falling. This is a charge. The old songwriter said that on himself he laid the protection of his child and treasure. He is able to keep you. Then his persistence, he will not quit. In, in Philippians chapter 1, we read, um, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus will keep us. He is able to keep us. So he is the master of prevention. We see the means of prevention, but then the matter of this prevention. What is he keeping us in or from? He said he's able to keep you from falling. The phrase from falling there translates the word aptasos. It means in its classical usage to be sure-footed. He is able to make us to be sure-footed, to see to it that our feet land in the right places, that they land on solid footing, that they land in the right direction. And uh, he is able to keep us from falling, from falling in our behavior, from falling in our beliefs. He is able to keep you from falling. But then not only do we think about the uh, falling that he prevents. But we see here the faultlessness he presents in verse 24. He says, He is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. 
Notice, first of all, the position of this presentation. He is able to present you faultless. The word present here means to cause one to stand. The word faultless, it means to be without any blemish. Colossians 1, verses 19 to 23, say, For it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him, to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. We're told in Romans 8, verse 29, that he has predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his Son. And the Lord Jesus will present every believer faultless before the Father at his coming. He will present us faultless. And then he says something about the place of this presentation. Before the presence of his glory. He says, before the presence, in the face of his glory. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And then he tells us something about the pleasure at this presentation. With exceeding joy, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. The Lord will take pleasure in presenting us faultless before the Father in his glory at his coming. Till next time, this has been Pastor Brandon. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. If you'd like to contact me, you can find our church's website at www.BethesdaBaptistEastFlatRock.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at PreacherB underscore BBC. If you'd like to watch our services live streamed, you can do that on Facebook at Bethesda Baptist East Flat Rock. God bless you till we meet again.